Recording in progress. I nearly said, who's on first? Oh, no, don't start that. <laughs> Although I did see a meme today. Said It was a picture of a baseball pitch, and it said, who's on first? And you look at first base, and there's a TARDIS. <laughs> that would have been a good episode, wouldn't it? If, if, if you'd had that some way in, put into it, so who's on first, and then the TARDIS appears, just as somebody's running to the you know to the first base, and then there's a controversy over did he make it? Was he safe? <laughs> and he's like he runs in and keeps running. <laughs> Literally, the doctor takes him from one base to the next and just yeah. goes... pops him. Yeah, at the end of the episode, pops him out. Just pops him out on 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 third base and he or fourth base and he runs to home. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hey, there's a good idea though. Yeah, I have to remember that one. Anyway, let's let's start this episode. <laughs> That's going in the beginning. <laughs> You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Babylon 5 ended a great war and united a hundred alien races in peace. Danger didn't die. It just went underground with new heroes and new evils to carry the torch. We need to make sure they all understand we will not be intimidated. What is wrong with you people? We have to set him against himself. It's an entire new season of Babylon 5 with all new episodes. And so begins. There's a hole in your mind. What do you want? No one here is exactly what he appears. Nothing's the same anymore. Commander Sinclair is being reassigned. Why don't you eliminate the entire non-home race? I was a great hand, reaching out of the stuff. Who are you? President Clark has signed a decree today declaring These martial orders law. have forced us to declare independence. Weapons and so people get off their encounter suited butts and do something. You are the one who watch. Do Zahadu who will die. Why are you here? Do you have anything worth living for? Think of my beautiful city. Giants in the playground. Get the hell out of our galaxy! We are here to place President Clark under arrest. Turn around. Very, very slowly. Hello, Mr. Garibaldi. Good to see you again. I was wondering how you were doing. You haven't written, called. Shut up. Obviously haven't improved your manners. And welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week, we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic, Babylon 5. This week, Season 5, Episode 16, and all my dreams torn asunder. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, we are, are the Epsilon, Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. Sheridan and Delenn are, uh, bring formal charges against the Centauri Republic bringing the Centauri and the Alliance to the brink of war. Written by JMS and directed by Goran uh, Gajic. 
this episode was released on the June the 10th, 1998, and takes place from July 31st to August 6th, 2262. Now, two weeks ago, I thought, how am I going to remember how to pronounce that name? So I, I, um, I looked it up, practiced, and then wrote Guy Itch. <laughs> but I read it as I went guy guy itch, and then saw guy itch. I thought, oh well, next time put that at the front of it so you can read it first. <laughs> God, dear, oh dear, come on, past Paul, wake up. And the guest stars: Tom McGreevy as Minister, Kim Strauss as Drazi Ambassador. I like him. Jonathan Chapman as Brakiri Ambassador, and Vince Dedrick Jr. As Brakiri. Uncredited is Bill Blair as an alien. So, Sean, what do we think of this episode? Uh, I think it was a pretty good episode. Probably a little bit better than last week's episode. It's the exciting conclusion. Uh, it's bringing us to the brink of war. What's going to happen? How many candles are going to go out? The world may never know, but we might find out next week. I'm not sure. I can't remember what happens because this <laughs> season five is not in my head. Uh, we got to see a little bit of Zach Ellen. Uh, of course, we have more uh, more Drunk Uncle Mike stuff, which we just love, as we learned last week. Um, but there's uh, the Londo and Jakar show is back on, so that's always fun. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Yeah, Dan? Yeah, part two of the two-parter that I was um, expecting from last week. Um, we had now some consequence to garibaldi's drinking so he misses the vital bit of information that you know causes the war so there's you know potential that they could come back to this again i have not seen season five so i have no idea what's coming and what's being set up what isn't being set up but the fact that garibaldi because he wasn't sort of watching the screen at the right time and everything didn't really actually come about you know the centauri actually break through the blockades and all this sort of stuff we have some great moments and scenes we have um sheridan and you know saying you didn't want peace you didn't want cooperation you've got war or this is what you got and damn us all to hell you know those sorts of things or that lovely little scene with jakar and delen uh talking about all the thanks he's ever going to need in his in his life as he goes off to uh centauri prime to sort of stay with um lando as his bodyguard um all the intrigue and politics still going on there as well and where the episode ends up and where those two end up um i just there's just so much going on still and it's it feels like Babylon 5 again. It's so nice to have all these little moving parts and just get into the world again and not be stuck in a better place with the telepaths. Uh, just forget about them. Just just forget all about that and just carry on with this. Um, so, yeah, I um, really enjoyed this episode and because of last week as well. Um, yeah, I'm desperately trying to remember this episode from two weeks ago when we watched it. Um <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a, it is a good continuation of last week's uh, story, and and obviously it's an arc anyway. But it's it does feel like you know the two parter, and by the end of it, we get into you know we can't wait to see part three because this is you know this little arc is really w working quite well. However, it is another war with the Centauri, and we've already had one of those. And yes, do we need another one so soon after the first one? Would any? Um, species or nation fight a second war so quick after a first one especially yeah, if it's like the germans or something yeah but it's only <laughs> like a couple of years i mean or, you know it's, it's just so soon um 
you know, to, to build up your forces again. And, and, and you know, I know you're fighting a weakened enemy, but even so, um, yeah, it's just more of the same. Lots of wars. It's becoming less Star Trek and more Star Wars. It's just more about the battles than it is about the intriguing stories of peace in between. Um, but yeah, it's still a good episode, and I think you're right. It is. I think it is a slightly better episode than last week, um, as I'm sure we'll find out by our ratings at the end of the episode. So in the meantime, let's have a quick review. Let's try and make it quick. Mm. Sheridan wakes up and finds Delenn awake and staring at a candle. He tells her she should be asleep and she will need all her strength for the morning. But she is still there when Sheridan gets up later. Malari is trying to get into the council meeting, but Zach Allen has some security guards, uh, sorry, and some security guards are stopping him as it is a closed session. Wanda reminds him that he is a member of the advisory committee, but Zach tells him he will be called for when he is needed. Delenn and Sheridan tell, tell the council that they have all the evidence evidence they need to prove that the Centauri are behind the attacks on the shipping lanes, and that they will honour their obligations to the Council. Franklin tells the committee that the high-energy weapons used by the Alliance have similarities, but also differences as well. Each world has unique energy fingerprints, which means that energy weapons have different coloured beams. The energy beams used to attack ships are the same colour as Centauri energy beams. Also, the energy beams explode rather than slicing through material. Bodies found at the attack, attack sites show that their injuries are consistent with Centauri weaponry. Garibaldi confirms Dr. Franklin's evidence of explosive weaponry. Then he presents the, but, the button which came from one of the Centauri palace guards that attacked him on Drazi homeworld. One of the weakest pieces of evidence, really. I, I mean, you've just shown how scientifically, you know, the, all these different energy beams can fire at each other and they're different colours and they slice through things rather than exploding. And then somebody comes up and says, I found this button when I was being attacked and it's one of the Centauris. Oh, how convenient. A little bit of uh, circumstantial evidence there, I think. <laughs> Just a little, yeah. <laughs> or really. I found this button. War! War! We demand war! <laughs> uh, in, in the last three months, only one Centauri ship has been attacked. This was put in place to make it look as though they were being attacked as well. Shikar enters Londo's quarters, and Londo asks if he is here to tell the council everything he saw while Shikar was Londo's bodyguard and on Centauri Prime. Shikar says he was there at Malari's guest, not as somebody else's eyes. What he did see was Londo realising that there were preparations for war and his concern about it, but he was not part of it. He's here today purely to tell Londo that the Council is ready to see him now. Londo has had the opportunity to read the evidence brought before him. He tears it up and throws it in the air and calls it all a joke. Sheridan asks if he refutes the charges and Londo says there are no charges to refute. After video has been played, Sheridan asks if there is any reaction to which Londo says, No, not until I speak with my government. Well, when you do... Relay the following message to them. The Centauri government has lashed out at its fellow members of the Alliance in acts of unjustified aggression. No, not aggression. Terrorism. And there is only one proper response. Effective immediately, we will isolate the Centauri Republic from the company of Alliance Worlds. And the Centauri are now alone. 
Goods and supplies heading to or from Centauri Prime will be blocked at every jump gate and transfer point in the Alliance. Any Centauri vessel entering or leaving will be stopped, boarded, and turned back. If they resist, they will be fired upon and seized. A blockade, which will continue until such time as your government acknowledges and apologizes for these attacks and provides reparations. As of right now, the Centauri Republic stands alone. Londo gets a message from the minister on the homeworld who has spoken to the regent. He says it is, it, sorry, it was the cleverest fraud he's ever seen. Either the material is a deliberate forgery or it was staged for his benefit using materials and ships left behind during the Nam War. Minister, the attack we saw could not have been faked. We agree. It was a genuine attack on a civilian transport. But the Narns have always been willing to sacrifice innocent lives. As long as we get the blame for it. Clearly, they sent a signal they knew would lure Ranger Lanier to a predetermined location, then picked him up and simply ferried him from place to place, showing him what they wanted him to see, knowing he would bring it back to Babylon 5. Because his character is above reproach, he is the perfect vessel for their misinformation. The Regent has drafted a response which is read out at the Council meeting. Item 1. The Centauri Republic categorically denies any involvement with these attacks. We are the victims. Victims of an elaborate hoax. And we will identify those responsible when more information is at hand. Item 2. The Centauri Republic will not be threatened or intimidated by anyone, including those we might once have considered friends. As a result, effective immediately, we are withdrawing from the Alliance. Item 3. The Republic does not recognize the legality of this blockade and thus will not be limited by it. From now on, all Centauri transports entering into Alliance space will be accompanied by one of our finest warships. Anyone firing on one of our ships will be considered committing an act of war. And we will respond appropriately. Londo leaves Babylon 5 with the warning that if he does, he may never be allowed back. He leaves Veer behind to relay any further messages. Dylan enters Jakar's quarters. Jakar says that when Malari leaves, Jakar will go with him as a bodyguard, as he may be in a greater danger when he returns home. Malari will find out what has happened, but will be in danger while he, while he does so. Dylan says that if things go wrong with the Centauri, he could be stranded and they would not be able to get him back. Shikar accepts this. Sheridan asks Zach Allen to find Garibaldi, and when Zach arrives at Garibaldi's quarters, he realises that Garibaldi is drunk. He throws a couple of oranges at him, which Garibaldi drops. Michael gives Zach the whole world is against me speech, and says that Zach had the same problems before he arrived on Babylon 5. So Zach shouldn't hold the moral high ground, as he knows what he is going through. Zach pulls out his PPG and puts it on the table. He says if Michael wants to hurt him, or himself, there is a quicker way to do it than travelling down the road he is on. Garibaldi says he needs a little bit more time, and Zach agrees not to turn him in. Yet. Sheridan brings Michael up to speed with the Centauri ships, with their escorts. Sheridan tells Garibaldi that if, if the Centauri ships see any of the Drazi or Drac ships, where when they come out of a jump gate, 
they will attack them because they think they, they can win. However, Sheridan's plan is to have a number of White Star ships waiting for them. As soon as Michael finds out from the Rangers the location of the Centauri ship's arrival, he has to send the coordinates to Sheridan, who will get as many White Star ships there as possible. This might be their only chance to stop a shooting war, so they need Michael's information instantly. Michael says he can rely on him. What can possibly go wrong? Famous last words, as <laughs> always. Um, Shikara and Malari have arrived on the Centauri homeworld, and there are a lot of warships leaving. I don't like the looks of this at all, Shikara. Now you know what it feels like. I have seen this view of your warships many times. I didn't like it then, and I like it even less now. Ah, oh, Prime Minister, welcome back. I was hoping you'd return home, get out of the line of fire. Well, thank you, but I'd rather there wasn't a line of fire. Is that why you brought it along? To hear our terms? No, he is still here as my bodyguard, that's all. Where I go, he goes. My condolences. Thank you. It's a burden, but I've come to accept it. Security has been increased around the palace, and if Shikar is found wandering alone around the pal palace, he will be shot on sight. White Star 43 has an urgent message for Michael Garibaldi about the location of the Centauri ship. This is White Star 43 to Michael Garibaldi. We have an urgent message on Centauri movements. Please respond. I repeat, this is White Star 43. We have an urgent message concerning the movements of Centauri warships. Please respond. All right, we're going in after them, alone if we have to. Uploading data to your system. When you get this message, please inform President Sheridan as fast as you can. White Star 43 out. Garibaldi, however, is asleep after another drinking session. The Drazi fleet intercepts the Centauri vessels before the White Star ships can get there, and they attack the Centauri. Zack informs Sheridan of the attack. Veer is taken by Franklin to some new quarters for his protection, but on the way, they are intercepted by a gang wanting to take out their revenge on Veer. But Franklin and Veer manage to fight their way out of the situation. That's a pretty good by Veer there, beating up a, a couple of... Um, the word. Uh, Brakiri, yes. Mm. Um, I know. You, I know. Do you really send Franklin to do that? Like, <laughs> yes. of all the characters. But well, having said that, he has been to Mars. And he's been. He's been in a few scrapes there, and you know, he, he's, he's tougher than you'd think. Yeah, that's right. His, his dad's, you know, in the army, and you know, so he's, yeah, he's got a thing or two about him. He could have turned up with a medical bed, and maybe like some medical like people. They did. They said they didn't want, didn't want to draw attention, you know, with. Security detail just have like a medical bed you know maybe like the spare one that he used to keep in his quarters and he's just going <laughs> to wheel it down the corridor no one's going to question that oh it's franklin with his special bed yeah. oh there he goes again <laughs> and there's veer just yeah. over a little little shed bed sheet it'd be fine yeah everybody looking at him going "Ooh, blimey he's dropped his uh standards there hasn't he oh <laughs> he's getting a bit desperate is that veer <laughs> Sheridan asks Garibaldi what went wrong. He gives a lame excuse when everybody from the council turns up and it soon turns ugly. Then where is the White Star fleet? You said you would support our actions. You said you would aid in fighting the Centauri. But the White Star fleet is just sitting there, refusing to engage. We have not yet ordered them to do so. Then give the order. Back away, Ambassador. Get out of my way. He's right. Where's the fleet? All right, everybody just back off. I know what's going on. That's enough. I said that's enough! 
Now we gave you a promise. And we are bound by that promise. And damn you for asking for it. And damn me for agreeing to it. And damn all of us to hell, because that is exactly where we're going. We talked about peace. You didn't want peace. We talked about cooperation. You didn't want cooperation. You want war. Is that it? You want a war? Well, you've done a war. Malari has a visitation from the minister and guards. The regent has asked that Malari be told that fighting has broken out between Centauri forces and the Interstellar Alliance. They are now officially at war with the Alliance. All communication with Babylon 5 has been cut for security reasons. As Shikar is still on the advisory council, he is to be imprisoned. Malari says that this is most inappropriate, but the minister insists. Malari says that as Shikar is his bodyguard, wherever he goes, then Shikar goes. And wherever Chicago, Chicago's satellite place in America. Malari says yeah, that as <laughs> Malari says that as Jacquard is his bodyguard, wherever he goes, then Jacquard goes, and wherever Jacquard goes, <laughs> Malari goes. So he ends up in prison uh, with Jacquard. Anyway, I just oh, I'm just picturing Jacquard now doing "Give him the old razzle dazzle." <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I can see him doing that somewhere. Dylan yeah. is staring at another candle in her quarters. Sheridan asks if she is praying, and in a way, she is. So he joins her. He asks what the candle represents, and she says all of life. Every life. What does the candle represent? Life. Whose life? All life. Every life. We are all born as... Molecules in the hearts of a billion stars. Molecules that do not understand politics or policies or differences. Over a billion years, we foolish molecules forget who we are and where we came from. We fight over lines and maps. Desperate acts of ego. We give ourselves names, fight over lines and maps, and pretend that our light is better than everyone else's. The flame reminds us of the peace of those stars that lives on inside us. The spark that tells us you should know better. Life is precious. The flame also reminds us that life is precious, as each flame is unique. When it goes out, it's gone forever. There will never be another quite like it. So many candles will go out tonight. I wonder some days if we can see anything at all. A lot of candles will go out tonight. And you know what else will go out tonight? This promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. And he's back. Nice. Yeah. What if you could bring three experienced producers into your home each week to discuss your favorite movies and the people that made them? That's Tales from Hollywoodland. Your hosts, Arthur, Julian, and Steve, collectively have years of showbiz producing experience. Their weekly show is a fast-paced, fun, and very conversational experience, like spending a good time with your best movie-loving friends and family. 
Tales from Hollywoodland is available wherever fine podcasts are found. See you at the movies. That's an impressive candle that it stands for all life, everywhere, anything that we ever think of in the universe. Mine just smells like vanilla. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mine keeps going out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm more than I do. Anyway, on to the trivia. The director of this episode, Goran Ayich, Gaich, whatever his name is, is the husband of actress Mia Furlan, who plays Delenn. Dun, dun, dun. And that's when I remembered, I think we've had him on before, because I think I remember that fact. So uh-huh. there you go. The scene where Zach confronts Garibaldi about being drunk. Uh, drunk again, Uncle Mike? Uh, when he should be uh, should be at work due to Garibaldi's relapse into alcoholism, was very personal for Jeff Conway. Conway had struggled for most of his adult life with addictions to alcohol and narcotics, but had but had his demons under control for several years by the time he was cast on the show. Hmm. So hmm. you'd think there might have been a better sort of to and fro there if they could have used his experiences and said, "What is it like?" You know, ask him what it was, you know, rather than just this sort of throwing oranges at him and. That sort of thing. Uh, anyway, are there any Star Trek connections? Sure. There, there is one, which is one more than last week, Paul. Yep. Uh, we we had Vince Dred, Dred, bleh, I can't talk now. Vince <laughs> Dedrick Jr., who played a Brakiri, uh on the Star Trek Enterprise series. He was a stunt double and a stunt coordinator. Hmm. I think did have we mentioned him before? Uh, we sure. may have. But I yeah. can't remember, and it's been it, a while. So. It rings a bell. Yeah, I know. It's, we, we've I'm, just we're calling it and... straws here at the end of season five. There's not very many Star Trek connections anymore. That's right. Um, I mean, I, I am just going to check my uh, my diary here, but I think it is almost, um, it's over a month since we actually recorded two episodes. We've obviously recorded these two episodes now, but it's been over a month since we recorded the, the, the last one. So it's it's hard to try and get back into the swing of things. But there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, uh, so ratings. Uh, as always, we rate these episodes out of five, and IMDb rates them out of ten. They have given this an eight point five, which is pretty good. Uh, Sean, what do you rate this episode? Uh, I, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I don't know about quite a, an eight point five. It, it wasn't that great. There's been a lot of better episodes, but it, uh, it it's good. It's got uh, it's got the drunk again Uncle Mike. It's it's got uh, the Jacar and Londo show. Uh, it's got Delen being all religious with her candle. You know, it's uh, it's a pretty good episode, and I'm sure Dan's going to have more uh, deep thoughts about this than I normally do. Uh, but <laughs> I'm going to say that I'm going to give it uh, four point one five. Okay. So, Dan, let us have it. Episode B, good. Good episode B. That's it. I'm, <laughs> is this, I'm done. Is this I'm, a pack lid review? No, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all it is. No, uh, again, it, 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 it's an episode of consequence. It, nothing actually happens that, you know, you could have, couldn't have sort of put elsewhere in the seasons, but it just feels so much better than some of the dredge we've had from season five. So it just brings it all together just nicely, having all the evidence being assembled and then Lando going from utter defiance to complete shock as he then sees the evidence for himself and and doesn't really have an explanation for himself because even in his mind, he remembers all the reports of the 
war planning and everything that shouldn't be happening because actually Centauri um, spending should be at peace standing. It shouldn't be at war standing. So even in his mind, he's now putting things together. There's more going on back home. I need to go back home and Shakar needs to come with me. Um, yeah, there are, there are great moments. There are these character moments between Shakar and Delenn or Sheridan to all of the assembled uh, uh, allied worlds. All of the the big things. It's that between episode that you need to set up the really big stuff that is must be coming at the end of the season. Please let it be coming at the end of this season. Um, I don't want it to be lost. This is a nice lot of momentum being built here. Um, yeah, and I suppose actually it, at least the drunk again, Uncle Mike, has been building so that it actually has had not just a world ending consequences but galactic ending consequences he missed the phone call he missed the one thing he was asked to do by sheridan because he was too drunk and on the floor um you know if he's going to go to alcohol alcoholics anonymous you know, there's one guy who's you know admitting to beating people up because he got drunk one one guy who lost his job because he got drunk one guy who started an intergalactic war because he wasn't on the phone at the right time that's pretty big consequences for what he's going through so at least there is a reason that those episodes have been doing this and i appreciated that so all of that put together it's a 4.1 it's not a perfect episode but 4.1 okay it's, it's really good <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I I uh, did like this episode. I like oh, I love that uh, episode of consequences. I love that. That should be that should be the uh, subtitle for this. And all my dreams, Son of Thunder, an episode of consequences, um, or even as a title by itself, that would be great. Um, yeah, it's it's building. We are you know we're back at war now. And, you know it's official. It's it's all been you know, um, um, uh. Centauri plot all along. There's fact, you know, factions in their um, in their government. Still want to see what's really behind it because they haven't really sort of nobody's come forward and said, "Ah, it's me behind this all along." Ha, you know, all this type of thing. We're still waiting for the the bad guy to turn up. This can't just be. A I wonder group if it's the minister because I don't yeah. like him. He's awesome. I, I don't like him, but he's not a big mm. enough character, really. I don't think he, he's. You know, you you may you may have put a bigger actor in there. Maybe he is a big actor. I don't know, but it, it's. I get the feeling he's just a a pawn. He's a, he's a pawn. Yeah, he's a small player. He thinks that he is the big man, and he's he's behind you know the regent and and trying to manipulate him and what have you. Uh, but I I don't know. I think I I can't remember. That's the thing. I can't remember who. I can vaguely remember these episodes. Uh, little scenes here and there from them, but not necessarily the whole thing at the moment. That's so it, it's. Yeah. Um, it is uh, as new to me as it is to Dan, which is is quite refreshing and interesting. Um, but uh, having said that, um, yeah, more drunk. Um, you know, the drunk consequences uh, are, are good. Uh, the the um, uh, Malari uh, stuff is is great. Uh, he says, "Well, you know, if you're going to put him in the, in the uh, he's well overdoing his own importance. <laughs> if you're going to put him in a prison, then you've got to put me in prison." And you know, the door slams. <laughs> I just needed a. Well, that's another fine mess you've got me into. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was just so you know funny to to see that. But you, but you know, at the same time, worrying that if they can put him away, you know, without and any anybody, and he's the prime minister. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's an important person. You can't. You know, they can frame him for this, that, and the other, or whatever. But um, yeah, it was a bit um, bit of a shock. 
that he that he also allows it to happen. You know, he makes it easy for them. Um, so yeah, it, it's a it's a good episode. I liked it. Um, I'm going to give this an, a four point one three, which is right in the middle of you two. Um, so two episodes in a row where we've given uh, this a um, a zero point five sort of spread between the three of us has also increased our averages by point one. Wow. <laughs> So we've got back those that point one that we lost for those two poor episodes in a row that we had a while back. Uh, we managed <laughs> to claw it back finally. So um, yeah, so we're back. I'm three point seven. Sean is a three point six, and Dan is a three point four. This is overall every episode we've watched, not just this uh, season, which is a, will be a different figures, which we'll give at the end of the season. So um, yeah, so our our previous we had two good episodes. Um, Back on episode eleven and twelve, Ragged Edge and Day of the Dead, uh, they were like in the in the fours, four and a halfs. Then we went to a, a two point five two and a three for the last two ep- for the previous two episodes to these two that we've just done, and these two episodes have gone back up to a three point nine and a four point one three, so averaging around the fours again. So we're we're you know we're picking up again, had a bit of a dip there, but we're okay. We're, we're back up in the fours, so that's good. Looking forward to next week. Yeah. Mm. So, and what is next week? Well, join us again next week, and we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 17, Movements of Fire and Shadow. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three, spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Well, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.